Hi, thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform, and also our social media. We prepare a graphic of the book, with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now, and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps, so you know everything about the book in minutes. You're listening to the book summary presentation of Deep Work, Rules for Focus Success in a Distracted World by Cal Newport. Narrated by Larry G. Jones. Deep Work is about focusing on cognitively demanding tasks without distraction. It's vital for mastering hard things and delivering high-value outcomes. Yet, in our modern society, people are constantly distracted by emails, social media, and infotainment, losing their capacity for intense focus. This book explains the importance of deep work and how to nurture this valuable but increasingly rare skill. Introduction Deep work is vital for high-impact activities ranging from writing a great novel to formulating a winning strategy. Yet technological and societal changes are pushing us increasingly toward a shallow work culture. A 2012 McKinsey study found that the average knowledge worker spent more than 60% of work hours on electronic communication and surfing the Internet. Such digital distractions are damaging as they make us less effective in complex work and can permanently reduce our capacity to focus. In this summary, we'll explain why this deep work is important before presenting the rules and strategies for the deep work. Part 1. Why Deep Work is Important The Race Against the Machine discusses how intelligent machines are rapidly changing our economy and the implications for our jobs. In the new economy, people whose skills can be easily automated or outsourced will lose out, while three groups of people will win, owners, highly skilled workers, and superstars. Owners are people with the capital to invest in new technologies. Highly skilled workers are people who can work with machines to create new value, such as computer programmers or data analysts. Superstars are the top talents in their respective fields. With technological advancement, employers are finding it increasingly more attractive to hire the best talents globally to work on projects for a fixed fee rather than hire average full-time staff. To become a highly skilled worker or a superstar, you need two key abilities, both of which are facilitated by deep work. First, you must be able to learn and master hard things quickly to work with complex machines and keep up with rapid technological changes. This requires intense concentration or deep work. Anders Ericsson discovered that outstanding performers could achieve top results because of deliberate practice. They applied focused attention to improve a specific skill and received feedback to improve that skill precisely. This is further explained by neuroscience research. Basically, when you focus intensely on a specific skill, it forces an isolated neural circuit in the brain to fire repeatedly. 
This, in turn, triggers the production of fatty tissues called myelin, which help the neurons to fire even better, thus reinforcing the skill. However, just mastering valuable skills isn't enough. To deliver top-notch results as a superstar, you must also apply the skills in a way that creates massive value. For example, using computer programming to develop a solution to a real-world problem. Jason Ben was an economics graduate who managed to learn a new skill and switch industry by going deep for six months. To force himself to learn computer programming, Ben locked himself in a room with just books and writing material. After two months of intense study, he attended a coding boot camp, excelled there, and got himself a job as a developer for double his previous salary. When you switch between tasks, the attention residue from the previous task hinders your ability to fully focus and perform on the current task. By working singularly on one hard task for a long time, you minimize attention residue to drastically improve your effectiveness. Deep work is valuable in business, yet it becomes increasingly uncommon at the workplace. There are at least three business trends that hinder deep work. First, serendipitous collaboration or putting random people together to spark ideas and synergies has led to more open office concepts. These are great for free interaction, but also a source of constant distraction. Second, instant messaging. Phone messages and emails are now widely used in organizations. People are expected to respond rapidly, resulting in constant disruption and an overwhelming volume of random inputs. Third, Social media is now seen as a key marketing tool and staff are often expected to post updates regularly. This generates low-value work that distracts people from other high-impact work. These business trends are further reinforced by three biases for shallow work. First, deep work is harder than shallow work. Without a strong impetus, the principle of least resistance kicks in and we do whatever is the easiest or most convenient. In reality, shallow work is costly in the long term. For example, the CTO of Atlantic Media analyzed their company-wide email usage in 2012 and found that every email was costing the company 95 cents in labor costs or $1 million per annum. Most companies also lack clear productivity metrics for knowledge workers. Without clear metrics, people use busyness as a gauge for productivity. Doing more things only tends to decrease rather than increase the value of output for knowledge workers. Third, we're typically biased toward technology. We tend to adopt new technologies on the assumption that they're good without actually stopping to consider the trade-offs. Besides productivity, deep work can also improve your levels of happiness and fulfillment. When you focus on something regularly, it strengthens the associated neural pathways in your brain. When you engage in deep work regularly, it shuts out trivial concerns and trains your mind to see your work as rich and fulfilling. 
In fact, the very experience of going deep into a challenge can be fulfilling. Renowned psychologist Mihai Csikszentmihalyi found that people often enjoy work more than free time since they're more likely to get in flow while working. That is, their minds or bodies are stretched to the limit in a quest to achieve something both difficult and worthwhile. Philosophically, you can find meaning in any type of work. The key is not to treat it as a job, but as a craft that you're mastering, like how a computer programmer can see well-written code as something elegant or poetic. When you seek to hone your skills, deepen your appreciation, and perfect the craft in a unique way, you'll find greater meaning in your work. In short, deep work is valuable, but increasingly rare at the workplace. By mastering the rare skills and abilities for deep work, you can improve your productivity, fulfillment, and become much more valuable in the modern economy. Part 2. Rules and Strategies for Deep Work We'll now move into four rules for deep work and strategies to implement them. Rule number one, build rituals and routines. Even if you want to work deeply, it's not easy to do so because most office setups and work cultures are not ideal for deep work. You'd also have to overcome your natural instincts to switch to easy, distracting activities. Build rituals and routines so it's easier to overcome obstacles and move into states of intense focus. Specifically, you can tailor your approach, develop strict rituals, make grand gestures, collaborate, execute effectively, and go for downtime. Let's look at each strategy in turn. Tailoring your depth approach the most extreme approach is the monastic approach to totally eliminate distractions. For example, computer scientist Donald Knuth chose to delete his email accounts and return to communication via postal mails. This approach works best if you have a clear, concrete contribution that's pegged to your individual effort. An alternative is the bimodal approach to split your time so you devote stretches of time for deep work and leave the rest for other obligations. Try blocking out a few days per week or an entire season per year just for deep work. Ideally, set aside minimally one full day each time. For example, psychologist Carl Jung took regular retreats to Bollingen to think and write but immersed himself back into his usual meetings clinical practice, and digital connections once he returned to Zurich. If your self-discipline or work schedule makes it impossible to set aside full days for deep work, you can consider the rhythmic approach. That is, create a rhythm for deep work so it becomes a daily habit. You can use visual indicators, for example, marking a big red X on your calendar each time you finish a stretch of deep work or set a distinct time period to start and end deep work every day. At worst, you can use the journalistic approach to fit deep work into your schedule whenever you can. 
However, this approach is not for novices, since task switching is usually counterproductive. Build strict rituals so you can transit smoothly into your deep work sessions without having to decide on the elements each time. Pulitzer Prize winner Robert Caro trained himself to be organized by creating strict rules from where he places his books to what he wears to the office. To tailor your ideal ritual, consider the location, rules, and supporting elements. Ideally, find a place dedicated to deep work and set a duration that makes each session challenging. Set rules for how you'll work and how you'll support your work, having a healthy meal and a cup of coffee before you start. Occasionally, make grand gestures that break your routine and involve a big investment of time, money, or effort. For example, travel to an exotic location or lock yourself up to finish a project. Microsoft founder Bill Gates retreats into the forest each year for two weeks to think and read. Writers like Daniel Pink and Michael Pollan built writing cabins for focused writing. Entrepreneur Peter Shankman invested 30 hours and $4,000 for a round-trip business class ticket just to finish a book manuscript in the plane and in the lounge. Such grand gestures provide a refreshing change of environment and commit you to psychologically get things done. Deep work does not need to be done in isolation and can be enhanced through collaboration. You can hold deep work sessions by jointly working on a problem with someone to stimulate ideas and push deeper into the issue. To execute effectively, use the four disciplines of execution. Discipline one is to focus on just a few wildly important goals. Instead of trying to avoid distractions, focus on a goal that excites you enough to shut out those distractions. Hi, thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform and also our social media. We prepare a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps, so you know everything about the book in minutes. Discipline 2 is to act on the lead measures which are the key activities that drive your desired end results. The lead measure for deep work is simply the amount of time spent working deeply toward your wildly important goals. Discipline three is to keep score using a compelling scoreboard. Newport created a visible scoreboard where he tallied the number of hours spent weekly on deep work and circled out the tally whenever he completed a big milestone. This helped him to connect deep work hours with results and gave him a realistic idea of how much deep work he needed for each milestone. Discipline four is to create a rhythm of accountability. Use weekly reviews to examine the deep work you've done the previous week, celebrate good results, identify learning points, and set new commitments for the following week. Build downtime into your day. At the end of each workday, 
learn to put away all work issues physically and mentally. Idle time is actually essential for optimal performance. Switching off from work regularly improves your results because it allows your subconscious mind to work on complex problems that your conscious mind can't unravel. It allows you to recharge so you're more productive at your next deep work session. Develop a shutdown ritual to help you put away your work totally. Check your email to ensure there's no urgent follow-ups required. Write down all the tasks in your mind so you can find them the next day. Check your calendar to ensure there's no important events you've missed. Have a rough plan of action for the next day, and then say to yourself, Shut down complete. Rule number two, train your mind. Our mental muscles grow strong with use and weak with disuse. People who constantly multitask have been found to become chronically distracted. That is, they can't concentrate even when they want to. If you look at your phone the minute you enter a queue or feel bored, you're actually training your mind to constantly seek novelty. Learn to resist distractions and improve your capacity for intense focus. To make focus your default mode of operation, fix specific time blocks for distracting activities like TV or Internet and avoid them totally outside of those time blocks. Do this both at work and at home. If your work requires you to be connected, then create more internet blocks, but stick to them strictly. Think of a complex or hard task. Estimate the amount of time you typically need. Then give yourself a drastically reduced timeline to complete it. Ideally, make this goal public. This will force you to tackle the task with intense focus. Do this for once a week initially, then gradually increase the frequency as your mind adapts to the intensity of the sessions. After a few months, you should see a marked improvement in your focus and performance. Find periods of time when you're occupied physically but not mentally. For example, when you're walking or showering. Use that time to... Think deeply about a concrete professional problem. For example, a presentation outline or a business strategy. If you catch your mind wandering or looping over what you already know, bring it back to focus on solving the problem at hand. You can also use memory training to improve your cognitive capacity. Memory athletes can achieve cognitive feats because they've trained themselves to have a superb attention span. You can train your mind, too, by using Ron White's technique to memorize a deck of cards. Imagine yourself walking through five rooms in your house. Place ten items, for example, a welcome mat or a pen in each room, and add two more items in the background. Repeat the process until you can recall all 52 items easily. Then associate each of the 52 playing cards with a memorable person or thing. For example, 
Queen of Hearts can be associated with the Queen of England. Now, shuffle the cards. As you draw each card from the deck, place the associated person or thing sequentially in the house. For example, the Queen of England wiping her shoes on the welcome mat. You can memorize an entire deck of cards using this technique. Rule number three, use digital media selectively. Instead of using any network tool that offers a benefit, be extremely selective and use only tools that bring a huge net positive impact on your goals. In most aspects of life, 80% of outcomes come from 20% of causes. While many things can give us minor benefits, only a handful will give us massive results. Apply this 80-20 rule to your internet habits. Evaluate each network tool against your top personal and professional goals. Use only tools that have substantial positive impact that outweigh any negative impact. By dropping most tools with only marginal benefits, you free up the time and energy for a few top tools that'll deliver much greater payoffs. For example, if your goal is to build deep relationships with people who matter most to you, then it's more productive to catch up with a close friend over coffee than spend time on Facebook. Don't use the Internet for entertainment. You have total freedom to do whatever you want with the leisure time outside of work. Plan your leisure time carefully and fill it with quality activities that enrich your mind so you'll end up feeling more energized and fulfilled. Do a social media embargo. Of all network tools, social media tends to be the most addictive and disruptive. Stop using all social media services for 30 days without announcing your intent or deactivating your accounts. Then, ask yourself, were the last 30 days noticeably worse without the service? And did people care that you weren't on the service? Unless the answer is yes to both questions, stop using that service. Rule number four, limit shallow work. It's not necessary nor possible to eliminate all shallow work. In any case, the average person only has enough cognitive capacity for about four hours of intense deep work a day. The key is to take control of your shallow work so they don't hijack your time and energy for deep work. Schedule each day in advance. List down your key priorities and activities, then assign them to time blocks so every minute of your day is accounted for. You should also include time blocks for meals and relaxation. As the day unfolds, you may find that you've underestimated the time needed for certain tasks, or you may get interrupted by unexpected events. You can then revise your schedule or create conditional time blocks to be used differently depending on how earlier events unfold. The goal is not to follow the schedule rigidly, 
but to get better at estimating your time requirements and to be deliberate about how you spend your time. Quantify how deep every activity is by asking, how many months would it take to train a smart, fresh college graduate to complete this task? Then, tackle the activities progressively down the deep to shallow scale. Ask yourself, what percentage of my time should be spent on shallow work? And use that percentage to set a quota for your shallow work. This will force you to become more selective with your shallow work and free up time for higher value deep work. If you're an employee, discuss this quota with your boss. If your boss doesn't believe in the need for deep work, then it's a sign that your job may not be ideal for long-term career growth. Don't extend your work hours to fit the workload. Instead, artificially limit your work hours. For example, stop work at 5 p.m. or 5.30 daily. Work backward to fix the rules and habits needed to complete your goals within the available time. You'll be forced to turn down unessential tasks and requests which you may otherwise have accepted. Take control of your emails. Free yourself from the obligation of replying to every message. Use a sender filter by setting expectations on if or when you'll respond. Resist the urge to send a quick email with open-ended questions like, What do you think? Instead, pause to consider the project involved and how you can bring it to a successful close with the minimal messages. Then, craft a process-centric email that describes the process you've identified and specify clearly the next step to take. Ideally, aim to close the loop in one email. As a rule of thumb, don't reply to emails that are ambiguous, irrelevant, or have no impact. We've just explained various strategies to build rituals and routines for deep work. Train your mind, use digital media selectively, and limit shallow work. Deep work involves hard work and massive changes to your work habits. However, by going deep, you can drastically improve your levels of productivity and fulfillment to become much more valuable in the modern economy. In the book, Newport also shares many of his personal experiences, observations, and references to support his theories and recommendations. If you've enjoyed the ideas in this summary, do get a copy of the book or visit calnewport.com for more details. We hope you've enjoyed this book summary presentation of Deep Work by Cal Newport, read by Larry G. Jones. Hi, thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform and also our social media. We prepare a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now.
and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps, so you know everything about the book in minutes.